0: Good evening, church. We're going to go ahead and begin our service this evening. Um, Kenny has been busy working up at the camp for uh, this entire week and just did not feel like he had enough time to study God's Word effectively to present you guys um, something that he has fully studied in the Word of God. Um, And I do thank God that we have a pastor that takes into consideration how much he is in God's Word before he comes and presents God's Word to us. Um, This evening we'll be taking a break from the book of Isaiah. We'll be looking at Titus, Titus chapter number 3, and we'll begin at verse 12. Um, This, I think, is the third time i preached out of Titus here at the church, and in some form or fashion I think I'll preach through the entirety of Titus, just in a weird order uh, in terms of where I'm going to. Um, When Kenny asked me to preach um, yesterday, I already... I kind of had an idea where I was going because I've been praying about it and asking the Lord to lead me to where he would have me to have before him, before even Kenny even asked me. And this is where I feel like the Lord is driving us to, and I pray that this will be an encouragement for you. Uh, I do ask that you please remember um, Chester in your prayers. He had a procedure done this day. I do think it went well, uh, so I just ask that you please be praying for him and his recovery as well as Vicki. I know they've been out for quite some time now. I think she had COVID. Uh, We just ask you to pray for them and that they'll be able to join us together soon. Uh, So let's pray before we dive into God's word this evening. So if you don't mind, please bow your head. Our Heavenly Father, we adore you. We thank you so much for allowing us to have the time and opportunity to come before you and to open up your word. Um, There is nothing far more important than being able to study your word together with a church family. I ask that you'll allow your word to be illuminated to our minds, that we will see the great truth that you have laid out in your word. It is in the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, the one whom we celebrate for his resurrection and sacrifice that we'll be celebrating this Sunday. For redeeming us, and it is in His name that we pray. Amen. as we look at the book of Titus, um, if you recall the last time I preached on Titus that first Timothy and Titus were written about the same time about sixty a d or so Second um, Timothy was written a few years later, and that was the last known written canon book of Paul and Paul wrote these first Timothy and Titus to open up or to give Titus and Timothy a charge, to challenge them to build up healthy churches. Um, Timothy had a much easier task in some sense in that he only had the city of Ephesus to deal with, why Titus had an entire island. He had to build healthy churches, weed out all the false teachers in the island of Crete, and to give you an idea of how large Crete is, um, the total land mass, I think, is around 3,000 square miles. So like I said, it just wasn't one church in one city on Crete. No, it was the whole island of Crete that Titus was charged from Paul to correct. And in this letter, as we have been going, as like I said, we're looking at the end of Titus. We're seeing Paul's final concluding thoughts to Titus, his final words, his final charge to Titus. And in this letter, Paul has urged Titus to go and build healthy churches, to train up strong men who can carry the ministry of the word. However, this task was not just to tell the church how to act, but it was to charge the church to act upon that goodness that God has said to them. He was to charge the church to be fully Not partially, but fully devoted to Christ. One person writes this. This is my church. It is composed of people just like me. It will be friendly if I am friendly. It will do a great work if I work. It will make a generous gift to many causes if I am generous. It will bring others into fellowship if I bring them. Its seats will be filled if I am filled if I fill them. It will be a church of loyalty and love, of faith and service. If I who make it what it is and filled with these, therefore with God's help, I dedicate myself to the task of being all these things I want my church to be. Paul is writing to Timothy what the church is to be. Titus is then tasked to charge that to the church, to call them to action, not just to ponder the great truth that Paul told him to do, but to actually act upon them. And this evening, I want to give before you guys the three devotions of a Christian life that reflect a healthy church. If we want a healthy church, these are devotions in our lives that I feel like is a must, that will encourage us, that will build us up to be strong in the Lord. And the first devotion that we have is a devotion to Christian living Is serving alongside others. Read with me in Titus chapter 3, verse 12. When I send Artemis or Tychysus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I had decided to spend the winter there. Paul has charged Timothy, build the church, make it healthy again. If you remember in Acts, Paul went to Crete on his first missionary journey. He established churches in Crete. But just like many of the other churches, wolves crept in. These false teachers came in and nearly destroyed the function of the church. Paul sends Titus to rebuild that, to reconstruct that almost as if we could think of it like Nehemiah. When he returned from exile, he was charged with rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. That great city. The same can be said of Titus. Rebuild the church. It's already been established. Build it up. Make it healthy again. And I would have you notice, Paul does not say in verse 12, Titus, if you fail, come to me in Nicopolis. Paul, or Titus, I give you six months. If the church is not set in order in six months, you have failed the task. No, he says, when I send either Tychisus or Artemis to you, try to come to Nacopolis. What he's saying is, Titus, you are my son in the faith. I long to see you. We don't know how long Paul may have gone without seeing Titus. Somebody he has trained up, somebody he has given, to, in, who brought into the ministry. Who's been on many missionary journeys with Paul. It could have been years since the time Paul has last seen Titus. So when we read this, come see me. Come to me in Nicopolis. Spend the winter with me. It's as if he's in a fatherly figure asking Titus, come visit me. I long to see you. But there's these two people here in this text, Artemis and Tychus. We know little to nothing about these people. We know, like I said, little to nothing about these two people. But what we can know from the text is that these people were just as qualified to lead the ministry that Titus was set to without Titus. Paul would not send either one of these two people to the island of Crete if they were not qualified for the task. It is not a battle between who is the greater or worse. No, it is working in ministry together. Church, if we are to be fully devoted to Christ, if we want to see our church to be healthy, we should be serving alongside each other in love and grace. We should not be backbiting each other. We should not be gossiping with one another. But we are to work alongside each other together. We would do well to have that mindset of working alongside each other together. But we must remember it's not what we do necessarily that builds this church. It was not what Titus was instructed to do that built the churches in Crete. Just as much as it was not Paul's action that built the churches wherever he went. It was more so on the grace of God. Do you remember what Christ said in Matthew chapter 16? It should be up on the screen. But Jesus asked the disciples, who do the people say that I am? And Peter, the outspoken disciple, said, well, some say you are one of the prophets. And Jesus then replies, well, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter, who am I to you? And Peter's response, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. Amen. Verse 17, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for blessed and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall so not prevail against it. It wasn't on Peter that that firm foundation that nothing can withstand the uh, can go against the church that Christ built the church on. It wasn't Peter. No, it is what Peter said. What did did Peter say? You are Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, Do you remember what Paul says in Ephesians? It, It won't be up on the screen, but he's talking about how Jesus is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone of the church. Everything else is built around Jesus Christ. And if you recall, Jesus was that cornerstone that Israel rejected. That man rejected, but he was the chief cornerstone. Without that, nothing else could be built upon it. Christ is the builder of the church. Titus was not that builder. Paul was not the builder. I am not the builder of Sonny Hills Baptist Church. Jesus Christ alone builds the church. He is gracious to allow us to serve in this ministry. To be the agents that see the outworking of his work that builds the church. And church, you know that the, the church is comprised of many members. And it's many members serve together. How did Jesus say that the disciples of him would be known? Did he say that it would be known by how big their theological libraries are? Did he say that the church will be known by how much theological jargon you can say? No, he says, by this, all people, not some of the people, but all people will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. Love for one another. When we serve alongside each other, we are to be loving each other. We're not in this for ourselves. We're in this for the glory of Christ. And if we're in this for the glory of Christ, we will see that we love one another. And as we continue reading through this, I want us to look at the second devotion. If our first devotion of Christian living is, is serving well alongside others, this second one goes right in hand with it because the second devotion to Christian living is serving others. Notice with me in verse 13. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. We see here in verse 13 that in verse 12, Titus was to serve alongside others. It was not a one man show. No, it was a service alongside others. Do your best to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on the way. See that they lack nothing. If you underline your Bible, that's what I would underline. See that they lack nothing. We're called to serve others. And church, may I remind you that serving others is a high calling of the church, and that high calling has not left since the inception of the church. We are called to serve others. We are called to be sacrificial with one another. Paul writes this in Galatians chapter five, verses thirteen through fourteen. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as opportunities for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the law is fulfilled in one word. And what is that one word? You shall love yourself or love your neighbors as you love yourself. Do you see this? That Paul is telling Titus he's continuing the thought to be in service of others. That when you serve others you are to do it with love. Serving is an act of love to one another. And Titus was Charged with making sure that Zenus the lawyer and Apollos were set on that task, that they were set along, that they were in, they were being served, they were being loved. In Second John, Paul or John writes about that: to love those who come, those who come faithfully in the word, be hospitable to them. Church, we are to serve others. Again, the church is not built up upon us. The church is built upon Jesus Christ. And we grow by the reading and by the teaching of his word. Are you willing to make sacrifices for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you willing willing to give up valuable time to go and serve your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you willing to give money, financial means, to our missionaries who are serving in foreign lands? Are you willing to do anything to serve others for the cause of Christ? We are called to serve well alongside others. We are called to serve others. And I want you to be reminded that Jesus Christ came, and what did he say came? He did not come to be served, but he came to serve. Even as the Son of Man came not to, be, to serve, but to, serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Our King stepped out of the glory of heaven, stepped off his throne, came as a man, died a horrific death and as paul says in corinthians he being jesus christ became sin for us who are in sin so that we may obtain the righteousness of god that's who christ is christ who we are to be imitators of who we are to serve who we are to act like that's how he came He came in humbleness, as Philippian brings out, you know, have this same mind in you as Jesus Christ. He humbled himself to the point of death. And not just any death, the death of a criminal for the sake of you and I. And Paul called the Philippians to that, to have that same mind. Church, do you have that mind? Or do I have that mind of Christ that I am humbling myself to serve others for their benefit? For the glory of God, not for myself, not for my own gain, but I'm serving for them. Remember, here in Titus, Titus was charged with ridding the Cretan church of the false teachers. Of these people who came in and who were greedy, who wanted the fame, the wealth from the church, who robbed the church, Titus was set to rid them of that. And Titus was set to train men. Which reminds me of this story with Charles Spurgeon. When he would um, publish his sermons, he would sell them for a penny. And this selling them for a penny, many men in America would buy them and they would take it to their church because they did not feel like they were qualified to teach. And what would they do? They would open up these penny sermons and read them word for word to minister to the church. Titus was not tasked with giving Paul's penny sermons to these churches. Titus' task was to train men to faithfully handle the word of God. Church. When men are faithful in handling the word of God and faithfully training up the church... Because you remember that when Paul is speaking of what the gifts are to the church, where he gave some as apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors, it's for the equipping of the saints. Titus was tasked with doing this so that the church would act like the church. This last devotion, as I've noted, we've looked at the devotion of serving well alongside others. The second devotion is serving others. This last one is a devotion to, to being faithful. This third devotion is to, Christ, to Christian living is being fruitful. If we want to see a healthy church, we are to be fruitful. Read with me in verse 14. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works, so as to help cases of urgent needs and not be unfruitful. One translator puts it this way, so that they will be fruitful. So that when they do this, they will become fruitful. The people of God are to devote themselves to being fruitful. If we are serving alongside others and serving others begrudgingly, then we are not being fruitful. Let me say that again. If we are serving alongside others, in serving others, and a hate-filled mentality, we are not being fruitful. If we come here and we serve, and we're like, "I'm here, nobody else is doing it, and I'm I'm doing it because nobody else is doing it," you are being unfruitful. We're to serve with a heart that loves the Lord. In verse fourteen we can see three things first we see that we are to learn to do good works let our people learn learn to devote themselves to good works not to devote themselves to themselves to their own plans or to their own purposes but to good works james in his epistle he he puts it this way you say you have faith without works, and I say I have faith because of my works. Let me show you that I have faith by my works. Now what he's sowing is he's showing the man side of things, what man sees. He's not saying that salvation is by works. No, he's saying that sal- a true salvation experience will result in works. It may take time, but true salvation always results in some type of work. And church, it would do us some good to take some time to learn how to devote ourselves to good works. Not to devote ourselves our time to any other matter, but to devote ourselves to good works. Paul here is reinforcing that idea that he had in um, verse 8 of the same chapter, which reads, The saying is trustworthy, And I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful and hear this, to devote themselves to good works. We see it back to back in in just a few short verses. Devote yourself to good works. Next, we see that we are called to fill needs. Continuing on in verse 14. So as to help cases of urgent needs paul 's instructions are clear that of a devotion to good work leads to the filling the needs of the church when the church was first began in acts, we see that the church came together, they sold their belongings and gave all the proceeds to the church so that nobody lacked anything within the church. Paul has not forgotten that Paul has not forgotten that that is Something that the church does, that the church helps fulfill the needs of others. Sometimes it may not be monetary. Sometimes it is your time that you spend with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in their time of need. Church, you are called to fill the needs of others. And lastly, we are called to be fruitful. Again, ending here in verse 14 and not be unfruitful. I think of the last five years I've tried to grow a garden and I have done nothing but kill the plants. My garden was unfruitful. If God was to look at us would we look somewhat like my garden, full of weeds, with no tomatoes growing, no peppers growing? Or could he say that we are being fruitful in our labors? The church is to resemble Christ. The church is not to resemble her former life. You are not to resemble what your past was, but you have a new path, or a new future and a new past. Do you remember what Paul says? Behold, you are a new creature in Christ, a new creation. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And you resemble what that new creation came from, which is Christ. We are no longer to be defined who we once were. Rather, we are to be known by who we belong to. If you will, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. As we turn to Galatians, this is one of Paul's first letters he's ever written. And is written about how the church is justified by faith. But in this text in Galatians chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 16, we see that there is a, two different natures, that is described by Paul. Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For though these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing these things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. What are these evidence, Paul? They are sexual immorality. They are impurity. They are sensualities. It's idolatry. It's sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness. Orgies and things like these. This is the past Christian. Those who dealt in all these lists of sins that Paul just mentioned. That is your past. But now that you are in Christ, what does Paul say? But, in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy the fruit of the spirit is peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law and those who belong to Christ Jesus Jesus has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires church are you a christian that is described in verse 22 through 24 Do you have love in your life? Do you have joy? Do you have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control? Are you crucifying the deeds of the flesh, which Paul just mentioned? Are you serving yourself or are you serving Christ? Are you serving the world? Are you serving the Lord of all creation? Our devotion is not to self-gratification. Our devotion is to glorify God in our everyday actions. One of my favorite verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 for whether you eat or whether you drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. One commentator said of this passage, Paul is saying, even in the mundane, even what seems like just an ordinary thing, do it for the glory of God. Church, I would charge you, live your life for the glory of God, not for yourself. Titus was not charged To just tell the church how to act, but to urge them to act upon the goodness of Christ. His charge to or he was to charge the church to fully devote themselves to Christ. As a review, I just want us to be reminded of these three devotions that signify a healthy church. The first one we saw this evening was that the first devotion of the Christian living is serving well alongside others. The second devotion was a devotion to Christian living is serving others well. And the third devotion to Christian living is being fruitful. A man came to George Mueller, a wonderful Christian missionary who, who set up orphanages and asked him, what is the secret to all your services? How... Is God blessing you in such a way? How do you have such a fruitful ministry? And Mr. Mueller responded, There was a day when I died. Utterly died. I died to George Mueller, his opinion, his preferences, his taste and will. I died to the world, its approval and censure. I died to the approval or blame even of my brethren and friends. And since then... I have studied to show myself approved only to God. Are we dying to ourselves? Are we dying to the approval of the world? Are we dying to the approval or blame of our friends, as George Mueller said it? And are we devoting our lives for the approval of God? Pray with me, church. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you yet again.